Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast Week 7 Recap. With Colin O'Donnell, I am Justin Santip. We are remote again, virtual. Colin in the city. I'm back in Jersey. Uh, flew back from Italy tonight. Um, or yesterday, this afternoon, today. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Jet lagged. Yeah, I'm all wonked up. Um, it was not a good week. This was as bad a week as I have had in college football from a betting perspective and a fan perspective. So I, uh, but, but having said that, it's always better to swallow a bad week when you're not, the, it, the one week that I wasn't really paying attention to um, was the week that I had that was bad. But anyway, Colin, what's up? How are you? What's new? Doing well, doing well. Some, uh, some big news on the podcast. Justin got a place. Gonna be, gonna be moving out of the, uh, the rent's house, you know? Oh. Dan and Debbie are celebrating. They are. They're they. It's it's a party. It's a party for my parents. My dad's been trying to kick me out of the house for the last twelve, last you know, eighteen months. So this is. He was trying to get rid of me before I even graduated Rutgers. It was um, <laughs> it was a real sad because I like dead ass because we because I came home in March, three months before I graduated college because of the pandemic. And I swear to God, by April, he was like, when are you moving out? I was like, dad, I'm still in school. But yeah. In the like, pandemic. Yeah. And you know, like, 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 where are you moving out to? You know, you can't even leave your house. Yeah. Put me on the streets. That's what they wanted. Yeah. I would leave like a dish in the sink and, and you'd get that. What yeah, do you move? Because Rutgers is too close to home. You know, it was like you were never really gone. I got I got the all the leeway when I came back. They're like, oh, so happy to see you. You know? It's mostly it didn't last that long, but it's mostly from my dad. My mom loves me. My, my mom's like, we can be roomies forever. It's like, all right, mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's mostly my dad. He's 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 had enough. Um, which is good. It's good. It's good. It's good to be a, to be a little more independent. I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, December first. That's the trigger date. So, big time. I've got. Six well, we'll have a college basketball podcast from the Big Apple or Big Apple adjacent. Yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be figuring we'll be figuring it out. Um, bowl game podcast too from uh, yeah back in person. So back in in December we'll be back in person full time, finding out a way. We'll be I think it's going to be a, a path ride basically. Yeah, shouldn't be too bad. No, we'll we'll, we'll make it work. All right, Colin. Um, you won the week. I think this is the second or third straight week that you uh you topped me, um, and I I. <laughs> You updated this spreadsheet, and I because I really was detached all weekend. And um, well, you, you can always tell who's winning by who updates the spreadsheet first. <laughs> you know, like like if, if I'm if I'm having a good week, I'm in there updating. But like when I'm having a bad week, I, I load it up on Monday morning, and everything is updated like right away. I was like, oh, why is this? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think you had a great week. No, I I didn't. I, I but you weren't. I, losing money in this i i was about even with some live and then like random plays like air force yeah but um it, it was really vanderbilt yeah like like that money line sprinkle puts me not only positive on the week but positive on the year yeah and uh they just they let zeb nolan go 80 yards in a minute that was that was pretty brutal to watch. 
Well, we're going to have to talk about that and, and pretty much everything else. Um, I don't really, so I, let me, let me do a quick look at my, my record ATS this week. ATS, I was five and I think seven. Yeah. Five, yeah, and, five seven. and seven. And I was six and six. Um, I lost three units total. I got a little, little too happy to go on the money line. And I think, I think I, there were some dogs that I was on last week that were just not like not it. Like I, I got big well, public dogs and we'll talk about it a little more, but like, yeah, I, I, I we'll, we'll get into it. Um, Indiana pushed against the spread and Texas lost against the spread. Those were two that I don't really regret. And we'll, we'll now I would, I would take those every day. Um, now, Colin, you were six and six against the spread. Pretty solid. And yeah, one and four on the money line, but that Vanderbilt one. And Miami was fucking close to hitting too. Yeah, yeah. No, Miami was close, but Miami, Miami's plus 240, you know, like yeah. like that 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 is the difference between uh positive. I think would that put me positive week of Miami win? Yes. Yeah, okay, but it's it's yes. it's not like a 7-10 a, a hit, which yeah. yeah. So I mean like right. yeah, we probably should have have been on Virginia Tech or like TCU on the money line, but you're looking at it and you're a play away from Miami, Indiana. Indiana really should have won that game. Yep. You know, it kind of sucks to get a push there when they were the I, better team. I had four and a half also in real in real life. So uh, yeah, brutal. Yeah, brutal. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so let's just start. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, do we want to touch on any of the uh, on the Louisiana Lafayette um, App State game at all? Yeah, we might as well. That's a that's a pretty big game, especially for um, Sun Belt for Sun Belt purposes. Like two pretty solid G five teams for a while, and there's I mean, another big Sun Belt game later this week, also. Yeah, coastal coastal at App State, I think. Yes, yeah, that is that is correct. Um, yeah, I, I mean, App State was a road favorite, and they got smacked around here. Yeah, uh, this was not. This was a bad. This was this line just did not make sense to me. Um, even though Louisiana had gotten off, had only won like a few. They were still four and one, but like they hadn't looked dominant yet. But their only loss was to Texas, and they have really good players, and they've been really good in that league for a long time. And like at home, in in finally like a huge game. Like to be getting more than a field goal at home just made no sense to me whatsoever. Like, I think they were disrespected, and they came out and and played a really good football game. I also think App State might be a little overrated because if you just think about what they've done this year, they they almost beat Miami. Like, okay, whoop de do. Um, who did they who did they beat week one? East ECU. Carolina. They 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 put a they put a smackdown on ECU, but. We found out very quickly that we were too high on ECU. Right. And so I'm not like, like I watched Chase Bryce, man. He looked like Chase Bryce of Duke last week. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much the difference in the App State games this year is like Chase Bryce fluctuating. Yeah. Because when he was dropping dimes against ECU, this team looks really good. Their defense is really solid. They've got a great running game. They brought back everybody from last year's. But I do think. I think there's questions about the coaching staff. Like I, we, I mentioned this before. This was part of my like handicap going in on ECU week one. 
was that uh, App State kind of made the like Homer hire. You know, when you hire somebody who's a program guy mm-hmm. because they've lost so many coaches to just the, the cycle, you know, move it up in the ranks G5 to Power 5 to Blue Blood. Like, they're just consistently losing their great coaches. So they kind of went with a coach that's part of their program. And I, I, don't, I really don't think those uh, hires work out that well like app state is still such like a great program and has so many advantages over the rest of the sun belt that it's not going to show too much but like sean clark has lost pretty much every one of these big games you know for app state that the other coaches before him really were not like this game last year this game also um the coastal game like app state has lost their big games under sean clark recently and uh i think that's Something to note, at least in the handicapping, is they it, they may be getting out coached in these big opportunities. He's going to have another chance this week to kind of change that narrative um, when they host Coastal in, in what is just a really big game for him. Another big game for him. Memphis 35, Navy 17. Uh, good win for Memphis. I didn't get to watch any of this game on Thursday night. Um, I don't know. Yeah, if I was know. locked in on the Bucks Eagles. So. Yeah. Uh, good win for Memphis, though. Um, Navy have been playing much better football of late. So, I mean, I think Memphis is a good team. So, this, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me too much. Friday night, we had a really good Friday night slate. We should have been on Cal. Yeah, I mean. Should have been on Cal. We need to just, like, like Cal has been a team, and we have talked about this for the last last two years, really. Well, so let's let's let let's let's go in order. So let's get right. the let's get the Clemson Syracuse game yeah. out of the Sorry. Out way first before before we 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 talk about Cal. Um, yeah, because this Clemson Syracuse game was was something. Um, Seventeen Syracuse fourteen. You would bet Clemson minus thirteen and a thirteen half. and a half, and they go up seven zero early on, and I'm like I'm feeling all right. You know it's. Syracuse has shown no ability to move the ball on Clemson. Um, kind of my handicap is going in. I think I said they, I thought they might win 17 to three or 17 zero. The problem was Syracuse or Clemson's uh, D line is just not, not as dominant as I kind of expected, even with all the injuries. Like Syracuse was able to run on them. Schrader still looked. He, I guess him being banged up doesn't hurt him as much because he couldn't throw anyway. Yep. So as long as he's running him conversation, the combination with him and Sean Tucker is just a pretty dynamic one, two punch. The They're backfield. Bowling and then, balls. Like there's no like light. It's just thunder and thunder. Like there's no yeah, light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, and then uh, their D line, Syracuse's D line was winning at the point of attack, the point of attack. Mm-hmm. With Clemson, which is just nothing you want to see. And then what I was expecting is Uyungle to come out and, like, after the bye week, maybe get on pace, talk to Ross, talk to these guys, get him going. And not only was Uyungle bad, but the receivers were bad. And that's kind of been the story with Clemson all year. But, like, Ross has a wide open touchdown, maybe at like the 40 yard line of Syracuse on a big play if he catches it he probably turns up and scores right in the hands just drops 
they had one crazy catch uh, in the end zone. And then that was it. Like the receivers couldn't get open. We like couldn't hit them. The O-line couldn't block Syracuse and just the entire Clemson offense just looked predictable and a mess. And then their defense looked like a good defense. It didn't look like a, like if you run Georgia's defense out here on Syracuse, Syracuse scores nothing. And I would, before this game, I thought bye week Clemson still has a ton of talent there, even with the injuries. They're closer to Georgia's defense and Syracuse defense. That is just not the case. This looked like Syracuse's like solid defense out there for Clemson, which is like I don't know. I, Clemson just is not good this year, and I thought this was a great spot to get on them, and obviously not. It's so it's so weird because we. We weren't the only ones either. Like a lot of people were so high on Clemson coming in, like great defense. DJ is going to be good. Justin Ross back at receiver. Like they've been horrible. And I mean, for I, I didn't, I didn't watch the game. I just kind of, I mean, I, I woke up the next morning and was like, Oh, like Syracuse almost beat Clemson. Like what, what, what the hell is going on with Dabba? Like, is this like, could this be yeah, a- so I, I I do think there's some like structural issues. I, I people have pointed to their offensive coordinator, like Venerables is obviously still great, but um, I do think there's some problems with the offensive play call. It's uncreative. Multiple people have said that. The other thing is like Dabo was kind of built up, right? As a he kind of built them up as like little old Clemson, you know, the underdog type of vibe. Yeah. And that doesn't really work in motivating a team once you're not the underdog anymore. So, I mean, that, that's kind of like a nitpicky thing that I've heard. I don't really know if I buy that as much, but I think my biggest kind of thought I, now that I'm just kind of thinking about it is that what, 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 what is, when you think of Clemson, right, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind about the, just the program in general? Like winning, winning football, Dabo, you know, good but, but like what, what about the program? Like what was, what's been the key to their success for so many years? They've had, they've had elite quarterbacks um, and they've been good defensively. Like I don't really, they've recruited a high level. What do you, what do you want? What are you trying to get at? So, so, so before, before Watson, yeah. Clemson was kind of stuck in this in-between level that Notre Dame is kind of stuck in right now. Yeah. Right. Where they, they never really were good enough to get over the hump, but they were never bad either. Okay. And then they had two elite quarterbacks, Watson and Lawrence back to back, both going to be studs in the NFL, take them over the hump. Now they're back. We only looks like a solid quarter, like a solid college quarterback, but he's not, you know, it's good. And the other thing when you think about Clemson is the continuity and culture they've kind of had for so many years. Venerables has been the defensive coordinator for how long? Feels like it's been forever. Their offensive coordinator, um, who was the other one? They had joined Tony Elliott is the one right now. There was Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley. um, Let me look. Right? No, yeah. Ashley. Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott. 
Yeah, so they had they had Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott as the co-offensive coordinators. Like 2018 was their fourth season together. They had Venerable's running his like eighth season as defensive coordinator. Dabo's been there for like 10, 11 seasons. They've kind of built a culture. And like not many teams go without having their coordinators poached in the offseason, which means like you can recruit the same type of players to fit the scheme. When Scott leaves, this offense just doesn't look as good. Last year, they had Lawrence to kind of keep them in check, but they couldn't run the ball at all last year. And now with this just Elliott, it seems like Clemson's actually facing the roster turnover and coaching turnover that a lot of teams have faced that they haven't had to face. And it's kind of like showing some cracks in the stability of the program. Like, is Clemson going to get back to this level? Because they weren't that good, right, when they first started with Dabo. Then they – had this continuous the recruiting and like winning and then just having the same coaches and then hitting on two back-to-back quarterbacks. Like they weren't that great back in the day. Is it unfathomable to think Clemson could fall back into that? Like Florida, Penn state range. Like, is it like, can they knock out of the Alabama, Georgia tier, even maybe the Oklahoma tier and, and back down to like a eight to 12 team? Like, no, it's not unfathomable at all. Yeah. Cause I'm, I, I, I think that's what you got to worry about. The one thing is that these past years they've recruited at a higher level than they've ever recruited before. Yeah. So, I mean, assuming they, Hit still hit on these guys because they've been hitting on an insane rate on their recruiting class before this. Like these guys are all five stars they're bringing in. So even if their coaching is lacking, they should still be able to get through the ACC. But I mean, I don't know. They got blown out by Ohio State last year, and that Ohio State team was not that good. Well, yeah. I mean, they struggled a lot in the Big Ten. They got handled by Alabama. Yeah. I don't know. I think I also think Dino Babers deserves a little bit of credit for the job he's doing at Syracuse right now. Um, no, I, 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 I agree. I mean, we've been high on Syracuse all year. Yeah. But this is this is a game. If you're Clemson, right? Clemson of old. You don't you don't win this game on a missed field goal by Syracuse. Yeah. You, you take care of business, even if you don't put up a lot of points. Like You should be good enough offensively to to walk in there with Clemson and put up 24 on Syracuse. Yeah. Right. You should be able to put up 24 and you should be able to shut down Syracuse's offense. Yeah. They couldn't put up 24 and they couldn't shut down Syracuse, but they almost lost this game. Yeah. That's, I, that's, that's not a good thing at all for Clemson. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with them the rest of the season. Cause they, I mean, they're four and two right now, but you could see them. I mean, but, that, that's why this is so big is I think this was the spot, right? Like this, this was definitely the spot for Clemson. You, you get healthy, you, you have a break, you're facing a team off back to back, like brutal games going on the road. Like this is, this is your spot where you come out and you kind of show like, yeah, we struggled early against BC and Georgia tech and NC state, but this is still Clemson. We still have five stars 
Like we're not going to take that big of a drop, but now you're, now you're going on the road to pit. You got Florida state playing better coming home at Louisville. Like none of these games outside of UConn are just, are you just going to walk in there and you're not going to like have time. Like you, that was your bye week. That was your time to, to gear up and get ready. I don't know. I think I think they'll have a good chance against Pitt, but I mean, who knows uh, at this point? Like, they've kind of been as surprising as any team has been in a long time with how bad that they have been so far this year. Um, Oregon twenty four, Cal seventeen. This is just typical Justin Wilcox. This is the way Cal. This is what Cal is. They suck. You can't bet them as a favorite. But my God, as a dog, like they can hang in and muck up every game and make it tight. And like, we know this and we should have been on Cal. Like there's just, we should have been on Cal. Right? No? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would have, like, I, I, I understand it. it. It was just, it's a tough spot to play it for, at least for me, because even though, yeah, we know Cal, like, is going to muck it up. But Oregon lost two fumbles in this game, one by seven. It, it just—it was just the the factor of this being on the road by week revenge spot is too many factors for me to really want to take Cal, even though like the, this is what they do—they cover spreads over a touchdown. Yeah, Cal Cal should never be favored by the less than or underdogs by more than seven points. Now, even though we are high on Justin Wilcox, Cal is one in five this year. <laughs> like, that's not good. <laughs> so, he can, no. be a, he can be a cover machine as an underdog, and that's good for us, and that's good for the betters that, you know, pay attention to it, but they're one in five, and that's terrible. Um, Oregon, five and one, but they've got plenty of problems. Like, they just look like a completely different team right now than the team that went into Ohio State and, and won, and now they're – now they're going to be underdogs at UCLA and yeah. So I, I agree with that, but I do think like Oregon didn't look good going into Ohio state. You know, they, 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 they look good at Ohio state though. Yes. But, but that's, that's the only game Oregon's look good at all year. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. they, before that, they almost lost to Fresno. They, it was 24, 24. Right. Um, then they go in, they beat Ohio State, and that like every single game since then they've struggled. They've just managed to get through. Uh, so I, I don't know if maybe they just had like the perfect they game planned all summer for Ohio State. Yeah, they do have talent. Their defense is good. Is Ohio State not that good? Is like a I don't I Travis Dye looked like a pretty good replacement for CJ Verdell in this game. Still going for 145 yards on the ground. Travis Dodd. Yeah. Brown is just even even with the stats, 20 for 28, but he has a, a, a 50% QBR. Yeah, he's 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 just a meh quarterback. He's a game manager. He just he just throws the ball like five yards and they run their triple option mm-hmm. type offense. Their defense is good. If if you face a team, I guess I mean. Maybe Ohio State was just the perfect matchup for Oregon, right? Their defense was good enough to slow down Ohio State, and Ohio State's interior was soft enough to get run on. Yep. 
Like I, I, if they, if they find a team that can slow them down on the ground, that's when Oregon gets into trouble. Yeah. I um the Oregon UCLA game this week is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Game day is going to be there. Are they? Yeah. Trip Kelly's return. Oh, I love that. I love that. I mean, it's Trip Chip Kelly's not really return though. Cause he's not going back to Eugene. He's yeah. But it's, it's his first game against the ducks with the, with UCLA, I believe. Yeah. And the books are on to it, making UCLA the favorite. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah, I mean, five and two, five and one. Is UCLA still not ranked? Are they ranked again? They might. They might just be on the fringe of the top twenty-five. I don't know. I don't. I haven't. I haven't really looked. Cincinnati's number two. Yeah, I know that. That's crazy. Holy I, shit! Cincinnati is number two. <laughs> Uh, UCLA is still not ranked. Purdue is ranked 25th. Yeah. Dude, fuck that. Oh, my God. They suck, everybody. <laughs> Purdue sucks. They just <gasps> have their fluke game. What the hell are we doing here? What are we I mean, doing? I mean, so. They suck. So, so look, suck. look, if you're going to look at it from a rankings perspective, it makes sense. Your loss, right? Our losses are what Notre Dame and I don't know who else they lost to. Somebody, somebody. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota's like looked fine. Honestly, Minnesota might be ranked if they hadn't lost to. Um, we'll, we'll, Green. Talk, we'll talk about Purdue later. I just had that. I just saw that. That just pissed me off. Yeah, that, but uh, but like if you're if you're going to kill him this week, I'm telling you right now. If if you're going from a pure rankings perspective, it makes sense because they're. Their loss is to Notre Dame on the road. And their wins are Iowa, who's one of the – was just number two, is still ranked in the top ten, I believe. Oregon State, who is a fringe top 25 team. And yeah. then your loss, your losses are Notre Dame and uh, – Minnesota. Minnesota. Like, not many teams have for, – for teams of that, like four and two, not many teams have a better – schedule wins SOS. I don't know. However you want to phrase it. Last Friday night game, San Diego state, 19 San Jose state 13. Um, I woke up Saturday morning and started my day with this, uh, with the overtime. Um, <laughs> kind of lit. It was, it was kind of lit actually. Uh, I remember telling you like a few weeks ago that I, that I thought San Diego state was going to lose this game. Like, even before seeing a line, like, this was, like, when their luck was going to run out. And San Jose State had every chance to win this game. Yeah, we actually – I think we I think we picked this game out before the season. Yeah, it's possible. I I, I mean, we I, I don't know why we forgot to mention it on the pod because I think for sure we would have both, like – we Yeah, I would have played it if I remembered about it. But I, we definitely picked this in our Mountain West preview, I think. It's possible. Um, anyway – San Diego State wins the game. They do not cover. San Jose State covers in overtime. Uh, I mean, I don't really have much else to say about it. Saturday. San Diego State's gonna get gonna get gonna get smacked by Air Force this week. I, they very well might. I um it wouldn't surprise me. San Diego State seems pretty fluky at six and zero. Yeah, they're gonna get they're gonna get they're gonna get they're gonna get handled on the road. 
Yeah, Air Force is the real deal, right? Yeah, Air Force is good. When an Air Force just beat Boise State, right? Yeah. Yeah. Northwestern 21, Rutgers 7. Um, I don't think there's really much to say about that one. <laughs> no, we, we've got this is a, this is a pretty for, – for what it was a suspect line popping out that we didn't well, discuss. So I so we didn't discuss it because Northwest I would I would have Northwestern plus two was such a good play last week. Yeah, it was. I, it, I, was I, it was. It that was that line popped. That line popped down, and I was like, "That that is the most suspect line I've ever seen." Like Northwest, everybody loved Rutgers. Made no sense. Rutgers had just played three top twenty-five team, top ten teams in a row. Northwestern coming off a bye, like Rutgers is super banged up, and I I, I don't really want to talk about. It, but I mean. Did you end up betting Northwestern? No, no, because I, I, I completely – well, first of all, like, in Jersey, it's pretty – Right, right. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I just, like – I saw the line, and it was kind of suspect, but I didn't – the week before, we had just bet on Northwestern. I was just on them when they got smacked around by Nebraska. So I was still kind of wary about, wary about that. So I wasn't, like, running to my – running to the window to bet on Northwestern. Right. I mean, you should have been. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If we had talked about this, maybe. Well, I didn't want to talk about it because I had nothing. I I had no good feelings about this game at all. And uh, yeah, that line is that line was incredibly suspect. That was probably the suspect line of the week. It was up there. Um, Rutgers came out incredibly flat. I didn't even think Northwestern played well. Rutgers just threw like a played. They just played like shit. And Holinsky look any good? No. No. I mean, he might have had a good stat line, but I didn't think he looked that good. Rutgers is down to like their fifth and sixth string corners. So that probably helps. We got no pass rush. But the problem really is, I mean, we scored seven points on the worst defense in the in the Big Ten. Like Duke dropped 30 on Northwestern. Rutgers scored seven. Can we yeah. I mean that's just terrible? The the bye week couldn't come at a better time for Rutgers. Yeah, well, I mean, I disagree with that. It could have come last week, and that would have been Yeah, bad. well, that's true. But yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State is a gauntlet. Not really, because we should have beaten Michigan and Michigan State, but I can't. <laughs> and then they lay an egg at Northwestern, right? I mean, how about that? Greg better fucking show some stuff at Illinois. Yeah. If they that's don't a big, win that game. Big, that's a big game. If they don't win that game, the honeymoon period is in some serious jeopardy. Just saying. Yeah, you got you to win that game, especially with Wisconsin coming home, because then you realistically you can – you can, can win. bang out three win- wins there. They could. I mean, Ill- between Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Maryland, there is still a path for Rutgers to get three more wins. I but, think there's a path. I think there's a path. You only lose one more game. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a. There is definitely a path. There's a path for four wins, which means there's, there's a, a yeah. three. Really, all we want is three. There is a path, but it got a lot harder by not winning on Saturday. Yeah, because now you def now Illinois and Maryland's are must wins, and you've got to split Wisconsin and Indiana. Northwestern, these these fuckers are gonna. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald's a hell of a coach. They were motivated and they played hard. They have very little talent. They are not a good football team, but they 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 wanted the game so much more than Rutgers, and it was just so obvious. So I I, I have no other thoughts on the game. Can we can we move on? Yeah. Texas A&M 35, Missouri 14. You had the Aggies. Good call. Um, you said that this is the classic. I, I remember it verbatim. You said this is the classic line that the Sharps are like, oh, Missouri, like Texas A&M, down spot, like Missouri off the bye. Like 
good, maybe not off the bye, but whatever it was, like Missouri coming back. Off of, they were off North Texas. Yeah. Um, good spot for Mizzou, but like they are just terrible, and Texas AM is going to beat them pretty easily. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much, pretty much what happened. Uh, Missouri has shown no ability to stop anybody. Um, I'm praying they get a big line when they, uh, when they play Vanderbilt next week. Cause they're going on the road to Vandy and uh, like they may lose that game outright. Yeah. This is just not a good team. Um, the South Carolina game is a toss up. I haven't seen anything out of this Missouri team besides that their offense is good. Like they struggled against central Michigan. They struggled against North Texas. They lost to BC. They lost to Kentucky. They lost to Tennessee. They lost to AM. AM's a good team. AM's not great, but AM's good. Calzada is solid. Isaiah Spiller is a great running back. And what is the worst thing about this Missouri team? Their rush defense. Anybody with a pulse can run. Like I could run on this Missouri defense. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's pretty much it. Missouri's defense is terrible. They got to figure some stuff out. Um, they got a bye week coming up, and, and Vanderbilt. So, like, Holy this shit. is the time if you're gonna if you're gonna turn this around and make a bowl, like, it's gonna happen in this bye week in Vanderbilt. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's still on the table for Mizzou. Yeah, Texas A and M ran for uh, two hundred eighty three yards as a team. Missouri's run D is just pathetic. That's hard. Yeah. And AM hasn't been able to run the ball this year. Like yeah, they're, 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 Isaiah Spill is a great back, but they've been they're young up the old line and they haven't really run the ball. Like that's why Arkansas handled them. Yeah. Minnesota 30, Nebraska 23. Um Nebraska yep. is like <laughs> to your own horn here, Santi. This is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my few good good calls. Um, I had Minnesota plus three and a half, plus four, plus whatever, plus four and a half, something like that. Um, I mean, I didn't watch. Like, I was just kind of tracking the score because this was going on during the Rutgers game. And it was it just felt like such classic Nebraska. Like, they started slow, um, kind of easy for them to start slow after the heartbreaking loss to Michigan last week. And then they, they – tried to rely too much on Adrian Martinez in the second half. And like Adrian Martinez is great. Like he is a super talented quarterback, but like Minnesota is one of these teams where they're like, I mean, Minnesota is up and down and up. And they're not even up. They're not even up and down. They just had one bad loss. Really? They had one bad performance. Like they, well, they, no, 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 no. They had a bad performance gets Miami of Ohio. I guess they had two, they've had two bad performances, but Minnesota does do this where they get better as the season goes on. What do you think about uh, Maryland plus five this week at Minnesota? I was thinking about that. I, I, that line looks off a bye. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know, but Minnesota does get better as the season goes on. Like that's kind of their, that's PJ flex thing. Like the year they went undefeated, they uh, were, in overtime against South Dakota state in the first game of the year. Right. And then they whooped up on Penn state late, late down the stretch. Right. 
So uh, that is something you got to take in mind. But really, I think the key to this game was Tanner Morgan playing like the NFL prospect we saw for the last, like he had two picks, but he was 20 for 24 with 209 yards and two touchdowns. He hasn't had a game like that all year. I don't think he's an NFL prospect. I mean, he was back, back in the day, you know, like every, he was, he was like the number one pocket passer. Yeah. When they beat Penn State that year, and he just has not looked good at all. Given them, though, the Purdue win was in a downpour, which is something we probably should have mentioned before, Because, but I didn't watch that game, so I didn't know about it until this week. Um, so I think that had some effect on Tanner, and I also think that had some effect on Purdue's offense in that game. But, yeah. This is classic Nebraska. You you had this picked out. I was, we both had it picked out. I just got scared because of Northwestern. I was being a bitch. Uh, it's on me. Should have should have bet this game. Uh, but you know, I mean, Minnesota's got a Minnesota's really good on the lines. Like they're they run the ball well. They're solid on defense. They're well coached. And like Nebraska's not well coached. And if you're gonna give me a home dog with the better coach and pretty like equal talent, like that's kind of yeah. Well. Time. And, and, I mean, Nebraska may have, like, better stats and uh, kind of better, like, advanced numbers. Yeah. But you you got to they're – com- they're coming off a gauntlet going into this game. Like, Oklahoma, Michigan State, like, they yeah, they blew out Northwestern, which was had me scared. But then they had just lost to Michigan. It, it was, like, how long are they going to keep this up before they need a break? And now they're finally getting that break. So – Maybe they'll turn it around, beat Purdue, and give Ohio State a game down the stretch. I think they could beat Wisconsin or Iowa. Like all the last four games, as long as they have this rest, is all winnable. Oh, just dude, Nebraska is gonna kill Purdue. Purdue sucks. Purdue's gonna lose to Wisconsin this week, and they're gonna get their asses handed to them by Nebraska. Purdue might not win another fucking game this year. All right, all right. Let's let, let let's get on to the next part before we. Uh, before I yeah, anything else to say about this game? I'm looking at the – I'm trying to pull up the advanced stats right now. Let me see if there's anything interesting. No, because I, I, this is not a great week for me from an analysis perspective because I really didn't get a chance to watch much. I just kind of tracked the scores. Um, but, like, I, I, I don't know. This just felt like a classic Big Ten battle, getting points with the, the home team in a game that should be kind of messy, and it was, and Minnesota found a way to win the game outright. Yeah, really only thing only thing I can find in any of these takeaways is just Tanner Morgan played a good game and he hasn't he hasn't done that all year. Cincinnati 56, UCF 21. Um Cincinnati is now number 2 in the country and uh they might be I mean they're in the driver's seat right now to actually be a playoff team, which is wild. Yeah, I really I think, think your process for them. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. I think I think as long as they don't drop a game, I think they'll be in the playoffs. I, I've had, we've had this argument before about just like that the committee doesn't hate G5 teams. It just doesn't – it ranks teams how they're supposed to be ranked, right? Like if you play a tough schedule and you go undefeated, people are going to cry all they want, but you have to give it to the team that played the harder schedule. Yep. Cincinnati finally has an argument where there's not a lot of teams that are undefeated and even if they are, like Cincinnati has just as tough a schedule as anybody else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And they're also just going to run up the score on everybody so that there's no like close game. So that's, 
kind of a gambling aspect we've been missing out on that we might want to get on is just like any Cincinnati spread is going to be ridiculously inflated. Yeah. Right yeah. now. So it's good to take Cincinnati as long as you know, the team can't keep up like a UCF or a um, temple. But when they finally get a game against a team that may muck it up, say like Tulsa, yeah, uh, that that line may end up being like 21 because if Cincinnati has the opportunity, they're going to go to hit that spread. But that may should really be at like 14. You know what I mean? Yeah. LSU wins 49, 42 and then fire their head coach basically the next day. Um, like what a win for LSU over Florida. The, the, the sports books were begging you to bet LSU plus the points and they delivered. I don't think Florida is that good. I think LSU had kind of had a win one for the Gipper game, but like the reason they won this game was they did something that they hadn't done all year. They ran the football. Yeah. They ran all over. Like, how did that happen? Well, so Florida's not really a good defense and they, they're their numbers have been kind of skewed this year into making them seem like a better defense. Uh, because Todd Grantham is, is a pretty bad defensive coordinator, in my opinion. Uh, most Florida fans have wanted him fired for, for a little bit now. But I don't know, like, how you just come out of this game and just run all over Florida. And how Florida allows that to happen is just beyond me. LSU hasn't run the ball on anybody all year. And then Tyreon Fleet Davis goes out and – that his name? Did I get his name right? I think so. Uh, yeah. He goes I mean, out and runs, runs for 300-something yards. Davis Price, yeah. Price. I, can, I LSU was moving 3.8 line yards per rush. Like, Jim, that means they're moving, they're moving Florida on the D-line. Yeah. Like, Jesus. I mean, yeah. what a letdown for Florida also. Like, I mean, Florida, Florida – so we thought Florida was bad, and this kind of leads – lends credence to is Alabama really that good yeah Alabama struggled with this Florida team and Florida has done nothing nothing to bad this is this is the most wide open year there's it's ever been in in a long time like this is Oklahoma shot this is as good a shot as Cincinnati's ever going to get to win the national championship because this is as good a shot as Oregon's gonna get like none of these teams have looked dominant besides Georgia and Georgia has, has problems. Like there's yeah. no it's problems. Offense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, like this is this, you'll see it on every board. This is why every Notre Dame fan is so mad about the season, but we, even with our, like we have too many problems to, to be mad about not going to make the playoff. Like bro, we barely beat Virginia Tech. We barely beat Toledo. Like, you know, just take the wins and be happy. But uh, it, 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 is, it is frustrating that I think last year's team could win the national championship this year. Yeah. But, like, this year's team has no shot, yeah. you know, which is, which is annoying because last year's team got blown out in the playoffs. Florida made a quarterback change during the game. They went to Anthony Richardson. Um, both quarterbacks struggled, though. They threw four picks together, like, combined. I mean – 
I think at this point, Dan Mullen might just have to go with Anthony Richardson and be like, all right, I'm going with the young kid. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he might have to do it just to like keep people off his back. Yeah. Because last year was their kind of breakout year and they still ended up like they beat Georgia, but they went eight and four. Um, and like he, he, he doesn't like they're, they're, they're like Florida's not a like being four and three and two and three in conference play. Florida's very similar place to LSU where you can get fired for behavior for, like that. Yeah. And you can't lose at Kentucky and at LSU. And now your next game is Georgia. You know, that that's, that's a, that's tough. So, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of problems with Florida right now and their defense, like they got, they Grantham's got to be gone. He's got to be fired, especially after this performance. Like he, no way he survives the offseason now because their defense was what was supposed to improve this year to make them an improved team. And it had kind of looked like it so far through the year. They limited everybody. They even slowed down Alabama. But 49 points to this LSU team, it's unacceptable. We had Texas minus five against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State scores 16 unanswered in the fourth quarter to win 32 to 24. Um, I, I I I don't really understand what happened. I mean, I think Oklahoma State's solid defensively. I think Mike Gundy does a really good job coaching. They, it, it, it's almost like they just keep doing what they, you know, what they do. Like, they defend, they run the football. And Spencer Sanders is playing okay. And fucking Texas is like same old Texas. Like, what the hell? So, Texas threw a pick six. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State is like Iowa. Yeah, they're you like know, they're Big Twelve Iowa. Yeah, they're Big Twelve Iowa. Um, they just kind of, their defense is really good, and they make great adjustments in the second half. But yeah, I don't know. Bad game by Casey Thompson. First, first one really he's had. Um, I yeah. still think he's a significant upgrade over Card, but. Like he he did not play well against Oklahoma State. They're this and this is the first like great defense they played. Like Oklahoma has problems in the secondary. Um Texas Tech, we already know how bad their defense is. TCU's got a pretty terrible defense. So I that does like Texas's defense is bad, which is how Oklahoma State gets 32 on you. But I don't know. I, I I don't know if I wouldn't have wouldn't take Texas again here, you know. You know, I think I would too if I had the. You gave me the the option. I think I would take Texas again. They, they. I mean, they they collapsed in this one. Um, like just by following the score, that's the takeaway. Like they, they yeah, it was seventeen three, and they did throw an eighty five yard pick six, and that just completely changes the momentum of the game. And then, like Oklahoma State's just been doing enough. You know, they're, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get to what's coming to them. Is Well, do you think Oklahoma state's a, a contender? I mean, they are right yeah. now. Like they are. They've got some impressive wins. They, they're, they're really, they have some really good wins, but they're. Like the Baylor win looks better and better, you know, like. 
Winning at Boise State's good. Um, I don't no, know. I mean, yeah, they 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 do, but it's yeah. I mean, they've like, got a really tough game this week. At, yeah, at, I mean, just look at the spread against Iowa State. Yeah, that's telling you something. Oh yeah. Uh, Michigan State twenty, Indiana fifteen. Spartans find a way again to win despite like not being a good football team. Yeah, so there's like there's a couple of these teams, I guess now. Like I was gone, but it's Oklahoma State and Michigan State are the are the last ones remaining with just like serious flaws that keep getting it done. Yep, Kentucky was another one. Notre Dame was kind of like that, but we we lost. So yeah, Michigan State has serious flaws. I I've been trying to say this, like they are not good. No, they're good. They're just they're oh, well coached and they're solid. They're that, no, I don't. Even, they're not even that well coached. They committed like a billion penalties. They got lucky. They like Colin. I really don't understand how this team is seven and zero. Like they played a first of all, they played a soft ass schedule. They've got good. They have some good play. Like they're good. All right, they're good, but they're not. They're good. They're good. They're good. They're not. They're not. I, I like. I, I don't even I, think they're top twenty five. They shouldn't have won this game. They they got outgained by Indiana with Jack Tuttle. Like I don't even think they're they should be a top twenty five team when all said and done. No, no, they're they're a top twenty. Look look how soft the top twenty five is. No, like obviously they are right now. Like they're seven and zero, and like they they're ranked in the top ten. But like, fuck, like they like I I think that they are. I mean I don't know. They're probably look, gonna look. win. They're probably gonna win eight or nine games this year. Yeah, no, they're a top twenty five team, and look, they're getting a bye. Before the Michigan Bef- game. Before Michigan. And they get that at home. I As much as you want to say, like, the Spartans are the fucking public darling, Michigan is, is kind of similar. And neither of those teams – better than Michigan State. Colorado. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but, but, neither, but neither of those teams have really proved anything. Like, how much better is Michigan than Michigan State? Like, you get Michigan at home off a of bye. That's going to negate some of the advantages. So I think that's a winnable game for Michigan State. And then you go on the road at Purdue and then you get Maryland at home. It's not unfathomable to say they're 10 and 0 before they lose at the shoe and lose versus Penn State. Yep. Which I is. Michigan State. I hate Michigan State. <sighs> hate them <laughs> i don't think like i don't think they're good like i don't I, it it doesn't make any sense to me like peyton thorne didn't even play well kenneth walker didn't even, didn't even have a great game like if, if indiana so had any like pulse indiana, i think they I, I think they have good game plans and i think they're solid like i think peyton thorne's solid i think kenneth walker's a really good running back I think they're, they're, they're just an all-around solid teams that's been getting some of these, like, bounce-of-the-ball plays go their way. It just bothers me. Like, poor Indiana. Yeah, they're like, they're like Indiana of last year. They are like Indiana of last year. But, like, Indiana was likable. Like, this Michigan State team's not likable. You just don't like him because you said, you said Mel Tucker was a bad coach. I don't think he's a very good coach. You, come on. They're gonna be they're gonna be fade city next year. Just letting you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. I I know, but he's a good coach. 
Auburn 38, Arkansas 23. We had this pegged. Um, yeah. Like, Arkansas had just had such a brutal schedule, and, like, Auburn's a good football team, and Arkansas showed in the game against Ole Miss that they struggled to stop the run. Auburn runs the ball at a very high level, and, like, Auburn's strength is their run D, which kind of negates Arkansas' strength, and all that kind of played out. Um, I just – I mean, we, we were totally on to this game, and we were dead on. Like, that's exactly how, how it – I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it paid out. Um, yeah, um, well – also, really, I mean, Bo Nix had another oh, good Bo game Nix. through the air. Walled out. Yeah, like they they were able to. He went twenty one for twenty six. Yeah, ninety seven QBR. Like Bo Nix was having a good game. They honestly, like Auburn, Arkansas slowed down the rushing attack for for Auburn. It was really their passing that, that got him through this game and. I mean, Arkansas outgained them, but this is just such a tough spot for Arkansas to – they've been going through an absolute gauntlet, and, like, Auburn's good. Auburn's a good team to get three and a half points. I mean, it was close for most of this, but clearly Auburn was the better team. Yeah. Um, Auburn's legit. I think Arkansas is legit too. It just – I, I, I do think Arkansas needs this bye week coming up because this is a game where you look at it, right, and even though Auburn won 38-23, only an 81% postgame win expectancy, um, like Arkansas outgained them, had more time of possession, and had nine more first downs. So it's not like you can't say that – Arkansas was bad in this game. You just can say, like, things didn't go their way and Auburn was a little bit better. So I, I don't, like, I think they're going to – they need this UA-Arkansas pine bluff game and bye week before they get Mississippi State. Yeah. But then then I think you'll we'll go back to seeing the team that played Texas and Texas A&M. Yeah, I agree. Um for Auburn, they're now five and two. Like they're right there in the SEC West. You know, people people before the season tried to try to tell people about Auburn, you know. Yeah, you were high on Auburn. I mean, I think they're good. I don't think they're anything special. I, I think that the SEC West is just like a mosh of like teams that are all basically similar, similarly rated, and like can can beat anybody on any like I think you might have a lot of success just playing dogs. When it's Auburn, Arkansas, Ole Miss, LSU, like if you like if you just think about the, those games that have been played, right? Auburn wins outright against LSU. Auburn was a dog, right? Yeah. Auburn wins at Arkansas. Auburn was a dog. Arkansas covers at Ole Miss. Arkansas was the dog. Like, Mississippi State against A and M. Mississippi State was the dog. Arkansas against Texas A and M. Arkansas was the dog. Yeah, I mean it's a dog year. But yeah, they're, they're here. But I think specifically in that SEC West, you've got all these teams that are all pretty good, but none of them are really great. And like the 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 difference between them are so negligible that if you just get the underdog, like I think you just take the points in these matchups. Is that not? I think it depends. I think it depends. Course, but yeah, of course. But I mean that. No, no. Crazy. I mean these are all like some of the best teams in the country, and they're all pretty similar. Yeah. 
Like it's going to be, if the SEC actually shows up in bowl season and doesn't just treat it like a, like a practice teams may be in some trouble. Um, Purdue 24, Iowa seven. So most surprising result for sure of the weekend. Um, Purdue who fucking sucks, still sucks. Goes on the road and wins at number two Iowa, convincingly. Wasn't no that problem. surprising though? Iowa's looked like garbage all year. I mean, it is surprising because they were number two in the country. Yeah, yeah, it, it's surprising they got like dog, but Iowa's been playing with fire all year with just this terrible offense and just getting a ton of picks. And then Petrus throws four picks. Yep. And what do you know? It reverses, yeah. They get out gained by 200 yards, lose 24 to seven at home. Aiden O'Connell goes 30 for 40 with 375 yards, two tutties, and David Bell puts up 240. Yep. Um, yeah, Purdue was clearly the better team today. Um, this is why they everybody have a solid. Um, they have a solid why, passing attack. Yeah. Yeah. This like, is why everybody loves Jeff Brom. He does this. He finds a way every other year to do this, to pull this magic. Well, so Purdue's kind of a weird team because I, I really think they played solid outside of their passing attack is good. Like Aiden O'Connell's a pretty good quarterback. I remember watching against Notre Dame and he's like, he makes throws that you just want a guy to make. He makes those solid throws. They throw the ball so much. They don't really run it. They can't really run the ball. But I mean, in the Notre Dame game, they were in that for most of the game. Notre Dame just kept them in front. Um, in the Minnesota loss, right? They, outgained them by 200 yards and lost. Um, and then in the Illinois close game, they threw two picks, like a couple of his incompletions were picks. Like I, I think Purdue's offense is, is solid. I think Aiden O'Connell was one of the better quarterbacks in the big 10, but that's about like, I'm not, I'm they not sold suck. on Purdue. I'm telling you right now, Wisconsin is going to destroy them. Next yeah, week. I mean, that's that wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think they suck. I think they fucking suck. And I'm jealous that they were they, they got a big win. Yeah, I know. You, you, it's, it's funny. It's funny because you you hype up all the big Big Ten teams like the <laughs> Michigans, the Ohio States, the Wisconsin's of the world, because you want you're like, ah, we're not going to beat them. Like they can go have their fun, be really good. Like that's good for us, you know. Makes the Big Ten look better. But if any of the, like, middle-class Big Ten teams start sneaking up doing well, you're trying to drag them back down. <laughs> if you, are you fucking serious, Purdue? We beat Purdue last year. They're not, they're not allowed to do this shit. Yeah. It should be us. It should yeah. be me. That is exactly how I feel. Um, it is a good win for Purdue, but, like, I think Iowa was completely overrated, and I think there's going to be a really good – there's going to be – there is a really good opportunity to uh, – to, to fade Purdue coming up this week. Um, yeah. I, I was just so overrated, man. You're right. They were playing with fire all year, um, relying on the picks. and Now they're going to go at Wisconsin next week too. Yeah. It could be – could things could unravel for Iowa. Yeah. At, at Nebraska to end the season. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make them too big of a favorite with Minnesota coming to town either. No, I agree. 
I see. I, I could see three more losses. I could too. Imagine this team ended up eight and four. It'd be pretty classic, wouldn't it? Very typical Iowa, for sure. Eight and four, nine and three, classic Iowa. Um, Baylor thirty-eight, BYU twenty-four. I had BYU plus six. Um, I think I might have to start buying the hype in Baylor. Bohannon, man, Bohannon's the real very, deal. It's not really Bohannon. It's the run game. It's the whole run game. Abram Smith. Yeah, but it, but it's him in combination with the run game. Yeah, I don't know. Like he, he his his QBR is still insane. Baylor was pretty. I was pretty impressed with them. Baylor is good. He where is he? Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull him up. I thought it was more Baylor's run game. Baylor ran all over BYU. BYU is pretty solid offensively, but their defense was. Pathetic. Yeah, they couldn't stop. Dick, couldn't stop anything on the ground. He, he's 16 in the country in QBR between McGee and DTR. Like he's a good quarterback, and Baylor's just Baylor's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I anticipated BYU giving more of a more of a fight, um, but like I, I I thought BYU played well. Like there were just a couple of momentum swings, like they would they, like a fourth down that they didn't get, a missed field goal here and there. Um, you were I thought, you were watching this game? No, I, I looked back in in my in the score. I was like, how the fuck did this happen? And I looked back in <laughs> my place, like there was like a I definitely was not watching it, but um, that's what it looked like. And then you know. When you see that the other Baylor ran for like 300 yards, like you're not going to, you give up 300 yards on the ground, you're not going to win, especially if you, unless you maybe you're playing Navy or Army, like you're not going to yeah, win. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. They gave up, it was 534 total yards. Yeah. Like Baylor really moved the ball. And yeah, I don't know. I just thought this was, a, this was a tough, this is a tough spot for, for, BYU, like I know you you're looking at the bounce back game here, but it's it's tough to have Boise come at home and lose and then go on the road to a good Baylor team. Yeah, well, I think part it's of a- I I wasn't really I'm not really I hadn't been especially th- this time last week I wasn't buying Baylor as a good team yet. Yeah, well, at least you are. Now. I am now. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh twenty eight, Virginia Tech seven. Did you watch this game? No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I really think this was just a this was this was a mistake. This was not a game we should have been on. Um, letdown spot for Virginia Tech, like hangover spot, pit coming off. Did they have a bye the week before. No, Pitt Pitt just blew out another like mediocre ACC team last week. Okay. All right. Well, same thing. Uh, rested pit coming off of versus a Virginia Tech team that was in a battle uh, in front of a sold-out crowd. And then um, the other thing was Burmeister was hurt in the Notre Dame game. He looked hurt in the Notre Dame game. He ran for a touchdown but didn't throw. Every Then when they tried to get him to throw when they're down three, he airmailed it twice. And you started talking about this game, and I was like, oh, Perfect time. Root for Virginia Tech. Help Notre Dame's SOS. And I fell for the trap again. Uh, yeah. I, like, Pitt's solid. Pickett's really good. They slowed him down a little bit. Didn't have his insane performance. 
But uh, Burmeister with an 11.6 QBR, that's not going to get it done. Um, no matter how good your defense plays, especially when Pickett is still like balling. Like he, they slowed him down, but he's still going to get his. Yep. And Pitt uh, ran the ball well. Yeah. Pitt is, they, they've started to run the ball. Like I think now that teams have to respect. Yeah. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. They've been able, I think this is back to back weeks. Um, yeah. They put up 181 on Georgia Tech and then 200 on Virginia Tech. So the running game started to figure some things out, which is makes Pitt really dangerous once they're not just a, chuck it all over the field type team, but this is the pit that lost to Western Michigan early in the season, so don't don't get too caught up in the hype. Well, the that's the pit, pit might be the real deal, and had they not lost to Western Michigan, they could have like playoff aspirations. Yeah, they, they, they definitely would be they, they would definitely have playoff aspirations, especially with the win at Tennessee. Yeah. Which but that Tennessee win was also marred by the fact that Joe Milton was starting. Yeah. Well, the hooker still played a good amount in that game, though, too. Yeah, he did. But if hooker started that game, I don't know. If, I don't know if Pitt wins. Um, Georgia thirty, Kentucky thirteen. That is classic as 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 you could get. Seriously, uh, Kentucky does a good job fighting, right? Like they they held. They you hear you you see what they did at the end of the game? No. So uh, with the one second left on the, on the like Georgia's two, two yard line, Mark Stoops calls a timeout and they run one more play, get the touchdown in for the cover. Nice. Good, good for all the Kentucky plus, you know, 22, 23 backers, whatever. Yeah. Stoops, Stoops is a, uh, he's a better guy, you know, he's got your back. If, if you need a back door, Stoops is your guy. Uh, Stetson Bennett started again for Georgia and he played okay. Um, he's really not asked to do too much. He's just asked to be a game manager, but he did a solid job. Um, Kentucky's kind of like miniature Georgia. Like they try to win games with defense and a run game too, but like you can't really do that when you play Georgia. And yeah, so, so I mean, yeah, that's kind, that's kind of the thing I feel like we've seen with Georgia all this year is they have yet to face a passing offense. Yep. Like uh, Arkansas, same type of thing, trying to beat Georgia, but not Georgia, right? Run the ball, play good defense. Georgia bowls them over on defense or on offense and stops their run. Kentucky coming in. We knew this was going to happen. That's why the line was so big. Kentucky's looked fine, but they're not going to be able to run on Georgia. Could they run on Georgia? No. No, they cannot. And uh, the same thing happened. You cut Auburn was kind of the team, but their wide receivers still kind of suck. Um, I don't know, like who's the best throwing team Georgia's going to face? On, I is just it, look at their schedule. Tennessee, it, Missouri, maybe. Is it is it, is Missouri the best match matchup for Georgia? Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, and Georgia Tech essentially. So Missouri. I mean, maybe Tennessee with Hooker. They still run the ball so much with Hooker. It's like a play action, but I guess it's a little more modern than just like, like Kentucky and Arkansas try to run at you. Tennessee kind of like moves it around. Yeah, like I the, wish Georgia was playing like an Ole Miss or something. Yeah, exactly. 
that would be a fun game to watch. I think you're right. I think we are trending towards like a – we might be trending towards, Colin, a Georgia-Ohio State semifinal where like everybody loves Georgia. Oh. And Ohio State is like plus seven and it's like – Ohio State is – I, I want to see it. So that's the perfect matchup for Georgia. Yeah. Because – Perfect like, matchup to take down Georgia. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just like – I mean, CJ Stroud now has the number one QBR in uh, in college football. He's terrific. He's terrific. That, yeah, interesting. Um, UNC forty five, Miami forty two. We both had the Canes plus seven and a half, and that looked dead for a while, but uh, they rallied at halftime and played a good game. Um. I didn't watch any of it, so I can't really like give much of a perspective. Yeah, um, it's just kind of. I think yeah. our rationale for this game, Colin, was that like, what has UNC done to warrant being seven and a half point favorites over a team that's like competent? From a they really haven't done anything. Um, Van Dyke looked significantly worse, which probably we should have factored in a little bit here. Is that well, he, he played okay in the second half, yeah, but like it, it is the backup quarterback rule, right? They get the second game and their uh, yeah, teams are able to game plan. But look, they ran for 157 yards on them. North Carolina's defense is, is still incredibly suspect, Miami outgained them. We really almost got this this W, which would have been real nice. North Carolina really ran the ball effectively. They didn't throw it too too effectively, which is crazy. Like Sam Howell only throwing for 154 yards is nuts. To yeah, me. I just I don't think they have the receiving threats this year, and a, their O line is regressed. Also, it is crazy. Like the ACC is horrible. Like the top of the ACC last year, like people expect, or people expected that Clemson would be really good, Miami and North Carolina would both be pretty good, and like these three teams have been terrible, and now the best three teams in the ACC are probably Pitt, Pitt NC State, NC State, and Wake Forest. Yeah, which is just wild. Yeah, and no, it's it, it's a weird year in the ACC. I mean, it's a weird year. It's a weird year in all of college football. Yeah. Like, why is why are these teams regressing so much that look solid the last – It makes no sense. Miami, North Carolina, like all, Clemson all brought back, like, the same yep. – The same people, you know? Yeah, same core and have regressed and looked really bad at times. Yeah, it, it just doesn't – it doesn't make much sense. Yeah. I, I, I wonder how much, like, you can really take away from last year. Yeah, exactly. You know, like how many of these teams were just like, like so Miami, North Carolina, and Clemson probably knew they were all like competing. So they were trying to do some like, they were really trying to like experiment, get these. I mean, we kind of knew Miami was fake last year though, but they brought back everybody. So we thought they might improve. But North Carolina wasn't really fake last year. They kind of looked solid throughout the year. Yeah. And it was the second straight year of them looking solid. Yeah. But I do wonder, like, how many teams, like, like a Georgia Tech of the world, 
might have went into last year and said, let's just focus on yep. getting ready. Yep, rebuilding and getting the youth. Yep, yep, get their getting their feet wet. Yeah, completely agree. Um, South Carolina twenty one, Vandy twenty. You were all over this. You had Vandy plus eighteen and a half, and you almost hit on a big money line. Um, you want to break down this game real quick? Yeah, this is just pretty depressing. Um, you know, when you're when you're when you're staring down the face at a plus seven ten money line win with no strings attached. You know, it's just a one bet like. It, you're feeling you're feeling great like i mean it's just sad it, it, it was sad it, it was really sad to see this this go by the wayside ken seals got hurt early in the game uh the backup comes in and plays solid this like right was he was okay luke dowdy was bad i like this, this is kind of what I figured was going to happen. It's just like Vanderbilt's improving. They haven't like when they're playing a big team, they kind of know like, okay, we're not, we don't have any shot. Like, let's just work on some things. Let's not get injured. But when they play a team, they think they have a shot against, they go out and that's like proven the win over Colorado state. Colorado state has looked pretty solid. Yeah. You know, they, they 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 continue to win games in the uh, in the Mountain West right now. I, I believe they're in first, right? Yeah, they so they yeah they lost so they lost to South Dakota State and Vanderbilt. Then they beat Toledo, barely lose to Iowa, beat San Jose State, and beat New Mexico. So yeah. they're unbeaten in the Mountain West right now. Um, it Van, Vanderbilt is just not that bad in South Carolina is bad. I, Shane Beamer, I still have no, yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand why he was hired. I get, I get that he's like a South Carolina guy, but teams fall in love with and fans fall in love with their guy so many times and it never works out or it rarely works out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, look, I don't, I just don't, I don't think South Carolina is any good. I think Vanderbilt is okay, and I think against bad teams, Vanderbilt can look all right. Like, a, like Tennessee, Ole Miss, UK, they're going to smack them. Mississippi State's probably going to smack them, but Mizzou at home I think is a winnable game, and that's probably – like I, I, I think they're, they're showing life, and I – Still think Clark Lee is a good coach. I just think they're way behind. Alabama 49, Mississippi State 9. We both like Mississippi State plus 17 and a half. Um, uh-huh. A bad call from us. Yeah. Uh, Alabama bounced back. Bryce Young played great. Um, Mississippi State, uh, Will Rogers threw three picks. Um, this just never had a shot. <laughs> uh, uh, bro, look at this. I just, I'm just – Looking back at my Vanderbilt South Carolina, I even put in the I put in the money like after the loss. I went into the right, when I was putting the spread the next day. I just put it in to see what if I had won that. Yeah. With two minutes left. Yeah. Vanderbilt has first and ten at South Carolina's fifteen yard line. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Up seventeen fourteen, and the winning percentage is ninety seven point nine percent. Jeez, it's a killer. 
They kicked the field goal, and then they let Zeb fucking Nolan go all the way down the field on him. Oh, but yeah, so uh, Alabama blows him out. Bounce yep. back game. Yep. Um, yeah, so this is this kind of exposed the problem with Mississippi State and why kind of been hesitant. I'm betting them this year so many times, even though they're they're solid. Is the, the SEC the SEC defense has kind of figured out the air raid, and they just sit back and pick off passes. And Will Rogers like does that. Like even in their like even in their wins, this offense has not looked great. It's been the defense that's been holding them by. And when you throw three picks against Alabama, you're not really gonna. Like you throw a pick six and it's 14-3. And then you you're just letting Alabama score. And like every time you get down to the red zone, you're kicking field goals, which is what Mississippi State's kind of like MO has been, is they've been able to move the ball. So every game you look at the box score, you think they did all right, but they can never get it into the end zone because teams just sit eight back and Mississippi State can't run the ball. Yep. And uh yeah, that's kind of ha- what happened. Like I like the spot. I like the team. I like the spread. I just don't. The problem is taking Mississippi State against a team that can can turn them over, and yeah. a team that score like Alabama can, because that that that's really that's really what it was. Is it, if you if you have the dudes and the scheme to to stop Mississippi State. I think Mike Leach may wash out of the SEC in like a year or two. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me because um, he's he's known for his offense, right? But the only reason Mississippi State's in any games is the defense is really good. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, NC State thirty three, Boston College seven. You had the Wolfpack minus three. Um, they dominated. They're a really good football team, and they showed it. Took care of business. Any thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, this was pretty much NC State is a significantly better team than Boston College, who's on their backup quarterback. I get it's at home, right? But both teams are off and by, so there's no real edge there. And NC State's just better. You get under three there, it's, 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 it was too small in the line. Leary's better than Grossel. Um, BC did move the ball. So, like, I don't want to say BC's terrible. Like, I wouldn't – my takeaway from this game wouldn't be that BC is a really bad team. I still think Hoffley's a good coach. I just think, like, we both talked about this going in the year. NC State's a better team than Boston College. And when you're – my line's at 10, I can't not take that when it's – seven points of value. Um, like I, I'm not going to dock BC for getting blown out here. I, I just think they ran into a better team, even though it was at home. They, they, there was no edge for, for Boston College here. Washington State 34, Stanford 31. Tanner McKee is another good game for Stanford, but Jaden Delora has another good game for Washington State, and the Cougars are suddenly four and three. Like, yeah. What the hell? I, 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 this was this was tough. I I I was sitting there like 
NC State's cruising. This was post. Um, th this is post uh, whatever it's called Vanderbilt choke. So you know I'm I'm just like all right, like let's close out the night strong here. We could get NC State, Stanford, and then Utah close it out. Maybe TCU will come back from its deficit. And Stanford goes up with like two minutes left. And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. We've got it. And Washington State just comes down and scores on him. I, I mean, look, really, these, these are two pretty evenly matched teams. And they showed it. I thought Stanford was better. Um, yeah, like. I, I, I don't really know. Washington State's just defense is solid. They've kind of figured some things out. They're, they're kind of rolling now. Um, the Utah loss was tough because that was Cam Rising. The USC loss was Jackson Dart jumping all over them. And the one loss that really doesn't make sense was when they got, uh, when they got beat at home to Utah State at U against Utah State like that that's the one puzzling loss but really if you look at it it's kind of similar to Minnesota right Washington State has one bad loss yeah right right there's there's one loss and that's why people have been unsure about them they're they're all right I guess I shouldn't have had Stanford that much better than them to take a one and a half I mean, I'm almost got a lucky cover, but it wasn't like this game could have gone either way. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss goes on the road and wins at Tennessee 31 to 26. You said it was a wild end to this game. Um, all I saw was Joe Milton stepping out of bounds at the horn uh, <laughs> in typical Joe Milton fashion. Uh, wh what happened? Like, I mean, I also saw on Twitter that, that the fans were just – Awful to Lane Kiffin and co. So Tennessee has the, or yeah. So Tennessee has the ball with like 56 seconds left kind of driving down the field and on fourth and 25 hooker throws it across the middle to their tight end who gets it one yard short, maybe like half an inch short of the um, first down marker. And it wasn't clearly short. Like, I think the call could have gone either way. They called him short. And it was – there's no way – like, you couldn't – you looked at – you couldn't overturn it. It was too close. So, after that, even though Tennessee had all three timeouts, all their fans just started booing and just started chucking things at the, on, the, on the field. And they stopped the game for, like, 17 minutes. Lane Kiffin got hit by a golf ball. There was a, there was a can of mustard on the – on the field, water bottles, beer bottles. They just chucked everything. And it went for 17 minutes just bombarding them. What the – how does that even happen? Tennessee, man. I don't know. How do they let them bring golf balls into the stadium? <laughs> it's Tennessee. Here in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, but uh, it was wild. And then, and then after they finally clear everybody off, Tennessee gets three straight stops and gets the ball back with like 30 seconds left and you're like, are they really going to win this game now after all of this? And Milton 
They're, and 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 Hooker's driving him down the field. He gets a first down. They're like within like thirty yards. And he was like, he got hurt on the last series and was kind of hobbled. And he just right as they get the first down, he like falls down on the ground, hurt, and has to come out. And in comes Milton. First thing he rolls out to the left, throws it into the end zone, just high of the receiver. Classic, you know, Milton overthrowing somebody. Yep. And then it's the next play, and he's rolling out, and there's zeros on the clock. And he just runs down. He takes off with like 30 yards. And then he's like, he's at the he's at the 20 yard line. It's clearly zero. Like it, there was three seconds left on the clock when he started this play. So you knew it was the last play going in and he runs out of bounds. Like he didn't even get hit or like trying like chuck out for when I saw him take off, I was like, what are you doing? And then when he's taking off, I was like, okay, like, I guess he's going to try and like make it himself or he's going to just chuck the ball backwards. No, he just waltz right out of bounds. Um, Tennessee's good. That's my takeaway from this game. When Hendon Hooker's playing quarterback, Tennessee's a pretty good team. Like, I've come around to them being all right, you know? It, it took you finally winning a bet on them to, to, to finally realize it. Winning a bet even against them. I mean, I think almost – Yeah, that's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. Like, you won, it, you won against them, so now you can admit you were wrong. Before. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ole Miss looks solid. I mean, typical Matt Corral played a really strong game and Ole Miss wins on the road, but – Tennessee is is legit, and um, they play Alabama, I think, this week, right? Yeah, they do. Uh, I I wouldn't be taking any Tennessee until no, you I, know I who's <laughs> until you know who's coming out of quarterback. It wouldn't even matter to me against Alabama, but no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't either. But like, I mean, if they had Hooker, they could probably put up some numbers. Yeah, but yeah, you don't. You really, you really, if if you if you got a Tennessee ticket, and and Joe Milton walks out of start at quarterback, just burn it. You know, exactly. like it's already dead. You might as well just burn it. Iowa State thirty three, Kansas State twenty. I had K State plus six and a half. Um, I mean, I didn't watch obviously, but Iowa State ran the ball really well. Kansas State is, I don't know, they're not a very good team. I don't know why I keep thinking they're better than they are. They just mediocre they're not great on defense um Skylar Thompson played okay Deuce Vaughn's solid but like meh you know like I just I don't know did you get a chance to watch any of this game Colin or no I didn't I was I had other bets I was kind of watching my games but uh, I was checking the score um it's Brocktober man no, it it wasn't Brock. Brock didn't. Brock do it. Brock went twenty two for twenty five with two hundred eight yards. But it was the run game. Brees Hall ran for like two hundred. Yes, but 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 when Iowa State's clicking, it's when it's Brock and Brees. You know, it's the the double Bs. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I was on a few. I was on some really public dogs this week. Virginia Tech. This was, this was this was this was public. This was public. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I was so yeah, close too. to betting on Iowa state, but I didn't pull the, I didn't pull the trigger. Um, but yeah, they were off a bye. Brock Purdy's good. The, like I still, I still think Kansas state's solid, Like, but you got to remember Iowa state was a preseason top 10 team preseason playoff contender. You know, yeah. I think they they lost against Iowa. 
They lost at Baylor. They really should have won the Baylor game. And the Iowa game was was pretty close. And Iowa's a good team, you know. They normally don't get it turned on until later. I think now they're going to start ripping some out. Um, we'll see. This could be Iowa State has the ability to be the spoiler in the uh, in the Big 12 right now. Yep. Oklahoma 52, TCU 31. Um, Caleb Williams in his first start puts on an absolute show. Torches. Uh, you watched, I take it? Yeah. Um, Max Dugan played well for TCU. I mean, so Oklahoma's pretty banged up in their DBs. And we talked about it last week, like Xavier Worthy kind of burned them. And the same thing happened here. TCU just absolutely lit up Oklahoma. But TCU's defense, still terrible. It's really disappointing because this has they've look they both they they had the same they TCU actually outgained Oklahoma five hundred twenty nine yards to five twenty five three hundred forty six through the air Max Dugan puts up three hundred forty six and four tutties like um, Oklahoma's got some serious problems on their defense Caleb Williams has definitely injected some things into the offense. Like, I think Oklahoma's solid up front on defense. I think they're liable to get exposed through the air. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to like anoint Caleb Williams though. You know, every, everybody's doing it. I, I, feel, I feel like every podcast I've listened to has kind of given him the crown. He's better than Rattler. He's playing better than Rattler. But you have to like you have to look at these two defenses he's just played against. Texas defense has been horrible all year. TCU's defense has been even worse. Yeah. And you're you're not gonna get a feel against Kansas and you're not gonna get a feel against Texas Tech. Right. You're gonna know their final three games at Baylor, home against Iowa State, at Oklahoma State. That's gonna be the first test you're going to see is if Caleb Williams is the real deal, but by then he's going to be settled in the offense. So you might miss your opportunity. Um, I don't know. Oklahoma looks like the Oklahoma of years past. Now they look like a playoff contender. Like I'm can they beat Georgia? Probably not. Can they beat Alabama? Probably not. Would they even beat Cincinnati? I think that's a tight game. I'd probably give them the ad. That might end up being the two, three game also. You know, yeah, that'd be a good game. Both of those teams have the ability to win it. I think versus yep. like if you throw if you throw Oklahoma against Alabama, I agree, or Georgia against Cincinnati. You know, I'm with you completely. Um, UCLA 24, Washington 17. I was on Washington minus one and a half. The line stank. Um, turns out it stank for good reason. Washington just continues to be terrible at football. Uh, is there is there is, should I, is there any more to say than that like I didn't even think I didn't feel like UCLA played a very good game like why? <laughs> what that, that was a great uh that was that was a good uh well, that's I like what that 
to the to the point, you know. Well, Washington continues to, yeah. Um, like when you wake up, and this is what you see. That like Washington, like UCLA. I don't understand why UCLA didn't win this game by more. To be honest, did you like, watch it? No, just looking at the. I, I was it was you know four a.m. But just looking at the stats, it's like DTR had a great game. Charbonnet had a great game. And like they only won by seven. Like nobody on Washington did anything special. Their fourth down stops. I didn't watch any of this game, but um, yeah. So two picks. They didn't run the ball really that effectively. I mean, I guess yeah, I mean UCLA ran the ball effectively. Yeah, I had listened to somebody talking about it that, uh, like, which is true. Is Washington's defense is great through the air, bad against the run. They weren't even good Missed. through the air against UCLA. I mean. Like, yeah, like a good game. They threw for 183 yards. Like that's that's pretty solid through yeah. the air. Um, but yeah, I, like I don't know. Washington finally got some players back on offense, and I mean Dylan Morris didn't look as bad. He still threw two picks. I mean, this was a tie game going into the fourth quarter. Like I guess my bet was freaking live in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was live. Um, You've had enough. You continue to come back to the Washington well to no avail. I know, but but this is the week. This week is. Yeah. Who do they have this week? Arizona. No, I'm not betting them against Arizona. The line's 15. You think they're going to cover 15? You know the score of the Arizona Colorado game? 34 nothing. Is, is is Colorado that much better than Washington? No, they're not. But I don't know. Maybe. I I, I don't know. I got I haven't really looked into this week enough. Yeah, UCLA's I don't know. Be this week. That's the one. That's this the is this is your get right game against a terrible Arizona team. It's a good point. Big it is ten thirty in Arizona though, and that is a big like Pacific Northwest teams going down to Arizona always struggle. Air Force twenty four, Boise State seventeen. Um, yeah, I, I ended up on this game, um, didn't give it out really, but Elliot convinced me when I was listening to his, uh, his picks. I was like, ah, you know what? Boise State's off a emotional win. Air Force is always good. Um, this year they run the ball really well. Triple option. You know how it is. Yeah. They're the best of the triple option teams right now. Um, only losses to Utah State. I guess is Utah State even that bad? Why they're four and two? Maybe that loss isn't even that bad for Washington State. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I didn't watch much of it. I, I just had money on it. Yeah, not too much to say about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I was happy. <laughs> Utah 35, Arizona State 21. We were all over the Utes. They came from behind one with a they outscored Arizona State 28 nothing in the second half. Um, I like this Utah team. I think I think shit's starting to click for them. Utah, Utah, Iowa State teams to ride down the stretch here. Like things are clicking. Like I think they battled adversity early on and like they are clicking. Like that is yeah. a that is an awesome win to come from behind against a really good Arizona State team. Yeah, emotional game at home. Now, yeah. I, I agree 100%. Utah is, is, is a great team to back down the stretch here. I think they've gotten – look, they, they had 
the BYU game where we've mentioned this before, just like a, first of all, Charlie Brewer wasn't that great. They've made a switch at quarterback, which is a big upgrade. Yep. Also just like a confluence of things with just a massive game for BYU on the road. BYU has probably been prepping for that all year. Yep. Then you lose to Sandy, uh, San Diego State, where you make the quarterback switch halfway through and come back. Now you have the Washington State win looks good. You finally get the monkey off your back, beating USC in a Coliseum, and now you've beaten Arizona State at home. Like, this team is in control of their own destiny in the Pac-12, and I mean, yep. you get Oregon at home. To, to ruin their, the, the, to ruin, yeah, you get UCLA at home, you get Oregon at home. I mean, I was more talking about you get Oregon at home to ruin the Pac 12's uh oh. playoff chances. Yeah. You know, if Oregon's still alive going into that game, to wrap it up. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, this is a this is a team that's that's figured things out and is kind of kind of this is a team I like to look to back down the stretch. There's a couple couple teams like that then iowa state i think oklahoma somewhat but i think there's still some issues yeah i'm trying to think if there are any others um um i, I think we I maybe think... minnesota if, if if morgan proves to be sustainable yeah there are some other teams that we nc state yeah, but has NC State really given you anything to not believe in them? I mean, they had that that loss to Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, but Mississippi State, they, Mississippi State stopped their run. Maybe right? Texas A&M is a team to look at more down the stretch. Things a and A&M I like, but I still don't think, like, I think now, like, that, that maybe they'll start. I think you're starting to see some, like, too much. Like, you're, you're going back to what, Texas A&M was before the year, and they're better than like they were before. But they're, now they've blown out Missouri and they beat Alabama in back-to-back weeks. You're going to get a big correction on them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, any final thoughts, Kyle, on the week? No, no. All right, let's have a better one next. Yeah, damn straight. Let's <laughs> let's do a better job next week. Uh, that'll do it for us. Hook and Ladder Podcast Week Seven Recap. Week 8 Picks Pod coming later this week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. See ya.